0: Amen, awesome. Well, how are you guys feeling tonight? Feeling good? Awesome, good, good. Well, you look great, if that's any, uh, that's any consolation. So, um, cool, well, welcome to Genesis. Uh, my name is Mike, if we haven't met. Uh, at Genesis, we believe in having open doors and open hearts. And so, I hope that when you walked through the door tonight that you felt comfortable and invited. And I also hope that you came with an open heart Uh, because we have prayed and prepared for you. And so we're glad you're here. Um, Before we get going tonight, I wanna ask you a question. Has anyone ever done one of those breakout rooms or escape rooms? You guys know what I'm talking about? Do you guys like those? Those are like really fun, right? Um, They're so much fun. Uh, But I find them interesting because... What other place are you so excited to get to um, and then so excited to leave as quickly as possible right like it's like you pay for an hour and you're like, "Wow, I can't wait not to use this hour right because you have to get out as fast as you can right um, but you know you know you, you, you get in there and, and you look around for clues and hints you know to, to and do your best to escape or break out as quick as you can, or to figure out the mystery as fast as possible. Um, well, tonight we're beginning a new series called You Ask For It, where we are taking five questions that you guys submitted and forming our series around them. And the first question that we're going to tackle is this, how do I know God's will for my life? And that question is quite the opener. It's, it's one of, if not the most important question that you can ask in your life. And it can take many forms. You know, how do I know God's will for my life? How do I know if I'm in God's will? How do I know if this or that is in God's will? And so it can be a question that's hard to navigate. But one thing I do wanna make clear is that the will of God is not an escape room or a, or a breakout room where you have to look around for clues. The will of God isn't lost. The, the, uh, it's, the will of God is not a secret. And, and it may even be more simple than you think. You know, a lot of times we, we treat the will of God like it's, buried treasure right, and we, we think we need a map with an X on it you know to, to find it, but that's not the case and so if all you hear is that tonight, take a deep breath all right take a deep breath. God is not waiting on you to crack some code on what his will for your life is and, uh, and as we move forward tonight we'll see how that is the case and um, what we 're going to do is break this down into two parts okay so I want to hit the the big picture, uh, but I also want to get really practical with you as well and so when it comes to God's will for your life, he has a primary will, and then he also has a secondary will. And when I say secondary, I don't mean backup plan. I mean like he has a uh, a, a will, that a secondary will that it fits kind of underneath the umbrella of a primary will, okay? So um, by the time we end tonight, I think we're going to get a good look at God's will for our life. We're also, like I said, we're going to get some practical tools that'll, that'll help you as well. So if you would pray with me, and then we will jump into this. God, I thank you so much for uh, this time together. God, I thank you for a great opportunity to worship you and now God to hear from your word. And so God, I pray that you would speak uh, to us tonight, speak to us clearly. And uh, God, I pray that you would have your way here tonight and then we'd be closer to you on the way out than we were coming in. In Jesus' name, we all said together, amen. Awesome. So at the heart of asking the question of what is God's will for my life, we can see a glimpse of something positive, right? If you are asking that question, it shows that to you, to some degree, desire what God has planned for you, which is a great place to start, okay? So, with that in mind, uh, if you would turn to Luke chapter 9, Luke chapter 9, and while you're turning to Luke 9, Jesus uh, has, I'm going to give you some context. Jesus has been doing what I call the three Ps. He's been preaching, prophesying, and performing miracles. And starting in verse 23, Jesus makes a strong statement that will help us see his primary will for our life. And you may have heard these verses many times before, but, but don't tune them out tonight just because they're familiar. Because I believe Jesus said, what Jesus says here is going to help us a lot and answering our question for tonight. So this is Luke 9, 23 to 27. This is what it says. And he said to all, Jesus said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words Of him will the son of man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the father and of the holy angels. But I tell you truly, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. I want to read the first two verses one more time. And he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will We'll save it. And so Jesus starts here and he says, if anyone would come after me, okay? So in other words, if anyone wants to follow me, if anyone wants to be part of what I am doing, if anyone wants to see how I operate, if anyone wants to know my will, like I said a minute ago, asking the question of what is God's will for my life shows a desire for God's will. And that is a good thing. And so Jesus says, if anyone would come after me, if anyone wants to know my will, then let him deny himself and take up his cross. Okay, so if I wanna follow Jesus, if I wanna know his will, then I have to first get past myself. I have to first get past myself. I have to die to my own agenda. I have to die to my own desires. I have to take up my cross. And when Jesus, uh, when saying this, he, he, hasn't, he hasn't died on the cross yet. And so, uh, the, so, but to the people that he was talking to, they were familiar with crosses. Uh, a cross was a symbol of death. It was a way of execution. And it's, you know, it's the same as an electric chair or a euthanasia needle today. And so Jesus is plainly saying here, if you want to come after me, if you want to know my will, if you desire my will, then you have to die to yourself. You have to stop living for your glory, start living for mine. And so we can see how this, this picture of a primary will starts to make sense here, Right? God's primary will for your life is to glorify him. God's primary will for your life is to glorify him. It's to live for, live for him and not for yourself. It's to submit to his ways. It's to pick up your cross and die to yourself in order to glorify him in all that you do. Like I said, that is a big umbrella. That is a, that is a broad scope, right? But even in that, before we go any further, we can find a strong filter to run our life through. Right? These are good questions to ask yourself. Am I doing anything that isn't glorifying God? Is every part of my life surrendered to him? Am I serving myself over him? Those are, those are good questions to always be asking yourself. As Jesus continues, he, he adds one word in here that takes this a step further that I think is, is huge. And so if the verses are still on there, the, the first two, he says, if anyone uh, would come after me, let him deny himself, and take up his cross, how often? Daily, right? So, so it doesn't say take up your cross once you get saved or take up your cross every now and then or take up your cross when you feel like it. He says, take up your cross daily, right? And so that takes this, this broad scope, this big umbrella idea and it, and it, of, of living a life that glorifies God and it makes it into these little bite-sized pieces, right? Take up your cross daily. And so this makes it clear that God doesn't just have a will for your life as a whole. He has a will for your life today. Take up your cross daily. And so, you know, don't worry about God's will for tomorrow. Don't worry about God's will after graduation. Don't worry about God's will a year from now. You take up your cross today. You live for my glory today. Uh, I heard this story uh, a few days ago about Albert Einstein. Everyone know who who he is, right? Um, So he was a scientist. And the the story was basically talking about how he had scheduled his day. And so Albert Einstein had, you know, you get, you know, how many hours in a day? 24, right? So he had 24 hours in a day and he would break them up into three eight hour segments. And so he sleep for eight hours. He would work his day job for eight hours. And then he would tinker like on his, like on the side, like on his science stuff for eight hours. And during this tinkering time is when he discovered the theory of relativity e equals m c squared, which i 'm sure you 've all heard of, right, but at the time, no one knew about it like he he wasn 't famous for it, like they didn 't believe it was true it wasn 't even popular within the scientific community, and so it wasn 't that big of a deal until one day a solar eclipse happened okay so the, the moon and the sun you know and the earth aligned and however eclipses work. And I don't know the details of it, but somehow it proved the theory of relativity. It proved that E equals MC squared. And so immediately Albert Einstein was like thrust into fame within the scientific community and also like mainstream fame as well because he had this theory, it had got proven. He won like a Nobel prize for it. And now everybody in here knows who Albert Einstein is and his name is synonymous with genius, right? Like you could say, oh, that person's a genius or oh, that person's a real Einstein, you know what I mean? Like they're synonymous with one another. So, so you guys know who Albert Einstein is, but the thing is, is sometimes we think the will of God works like that, that we just like sit around one day and then hopefully we get this big eclipse moment and everything makes sense and we get thrust in our calling and all of a sudden everything falls together and our life's amazing. But that's not the way it works. Jesus says, take up your cross Daily. And making an effort to live for the glory of God today is a lot more manageable than trying to figure out how you're going to live for God's glory for a lifetime, how you're gonna do so for a lifetime. You know, if you made a decision every single day that you're going to live for God's glory over your own that day, then you would find yourself right in the middle of God's will. As Jesus continues, he says, for whoever would save his life will lose it. So take up your cross and follow me, for whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And this is where this gets really interesting for me, because this was something that really clicked with me for the first time when I was writing this message this past week. And, you know, I feel like a lot of times when we say, I want to know God's will for my life, or, you know, I want to know God's will, a lot of times wanting to find God's will equates to wanting to discover your life, right? It's, it's, it's wanting to see if you have what it takes. It's wanting to see how you fit best within the world. It's wanting to see how everything's going to work out. But as we see here, it's not really about discovering your life. It's about losing your life. It's not about how much you can increase, but about how much you can decrease. It's about that, that daily action of laying down your life, taking up your cross, living for, your, for the glory of God and not your own, right? Like we've been saying, and so if we know that God's will is for, for him to be glorified and we know that, that he is in control of every aspect of creation and that he has good plans and purposes for, you know, to redeem and restore man.